So welcome back to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. And today we go to the movies, kind of. Nick Delu has delivered. Finally, I think Nick's been on this podcast well since day one. Really, I mean, he's been there from the beginning. I'm not aside from the professional wrestler Joe. Has Nick delivered a guest? The professional wrestler was a, a big one. He's got that one that's not come yet. That right, yeah. Uh, but I'm I, I don't the frog think so. salesman. Yeah. Oh yeah, waiting for that one. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But he went he went deep into the reserves and got a family member this time. His brother-in-law, uh, Jonathan Terpstra. Uh, he works in the movies. He does lighting stuff, uh, behind the scenes, lighting, gaffer, best boy. We learned all the words. Best boy. It's it's going to be a good time. Jonathan's in with us to talk about life working in the movie industry, and it's the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Yep, I got it all. We got. It. So you What do you want to do now? Was why don't we do this at the beginning of the Kurt episode? Okay. We'll put get Kurt put Kurt to bed. Nighty night, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the intro. <laughs> so creepy. That was incredibly creepy. <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his It's, on his it's desk always right here. here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. I mean, it's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, there's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it. But it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your say that? <laughs> <laughs> So welcome back. This is Matt Resch of Resch Strategies. You're listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, um, second episode of the new year of 2022. Um, you can find us at reschstrategies.com. We are public affairs and a public relations firm. You can learn more about us at that website. Also, our you can find all these episodes uh, at the website, reschstrategies.com, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Strategies. And of course, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those cool places that host podcasts. You can find the Cold Oatmeal Podcast there. And I, I mention it. I still five years in. Don't know who runs it. Twitter account at Cold Oatmeal Pod. Check it out. There's yeah. stuff there every once We're in a while. We're thankful for them, though. We are. We are grateful. There's a lot of work that we do here. We don't have time to do all things. And exactly. We, we don't have time to, to run another Twitter account. Yeah. <clears throat> How many of those do you already run, Nikki? Like. 30 100 yeah sure yeah 100 100, 100. 300 good. that's a round number 100 how many do you run carly not that many 1700 nope okay not quite. we're super talented here anyway yeah. long way of saying we're too busy to run one more so at cold oatmeal pod uh check out there and learn more about uh the podcast so i'm gonna go around the room we can all introduce ourselves nikki i'll start with you nikki o'mara Anna Heaton, Carly Buell, Joe Beshi. Nick DeLue is going to be joining us here shortly for our conversation with his brother-in-law. He couldn't miss out on that. And of course, we're missing um, poor Stephanie and Laura are not with us today. But good conversation. We're going to talk about the movies. And you know, you, have you ever been in a movie? No, or on I haven't. TV? I don't believe so. Have you, Anna? Only on C-SPAN. Really? Mm-hmm. What, was, what was your C-SPAN moment? I was sitting behind my boss on the house floor when she gave a speech. And that was on C-SPAN? Yeah. Oh, in D.C.? In D.C. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Congress. I think I've told my story about on this about the time I was on Happy the Hobo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my one time on TV. As well. They didn't really have any lighting or best boys or gaffers, gaffers there um, for, for that experience. I mean, there may have been someone who was like Maybe gaffer, they but were, but they were just like doing their job behind the scenes. You didn't even have I, to I deal didn't with even it. Know. The lighting, the lighting was spectacular. Yeah, Happy the Hobo was known for his good lighting. <clears throat> anyway, we are going to talk to Jonathan Terpstra. Uh, Jonathan is Nick DeLue's brother-in-law, but more importantly, uh, he is he works in the movie industry. He's uh, based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Works there and has worked on a ton of movies, like uh, nearly. Eight. He's been in more movies than Nikki runs Twitter accounts wow. i think um been in check out his imdb profile 74 different credits including i mean these are big things too avengers endgame black panther suicide squad 
TV and TV series like The Walking Dead, Mrs. Wow. Marvel, and Ravenswood. I've I've actually heard of all of those. That's a lot. I, that sound. I read those. I said I showed the I showed the IMDb profile to my my son, and he said, "Wow." Mm-hmm. So I thought that's all I needed to know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which son? Owen. That's the one that's impressed. He was impressed. And I shared shared it with the uh, Italian exchange student. He also said, "Wow, he was impressed." Not he's not impressed with much here. <laughs> nice. So that that was that kind of sealed the deal. Jonathan was going to be on. So we're going to talk movies. We're going to learn um, some of this stuff about how what goes on behind the scenes on a movie set. Jonathan Terpstra. Okay, John Terpstra. Thanks so much for being with us on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Thanks was, for having me. I was going through your very impressive IMDb list and. You now can add a 75th credit. I think you can you throw this on a credit. Do you get credits for doing this? You should. You should. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a very impressive oh, yeah. to I be mean, on yeah. cold oatmeal. For sure. I mean, next to Avengers, that's what, what I think that's probably Yeah, close. pretty even, honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> There's a podcast um, database, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Add a credit. So yeah. Nick has been talking about his brother-in-law in the movies for, for a long time. And so texted me a while ago and said, hey... John, Johnny is in town for the holidays. Want to have him on the podcast? And I said, "Yeah, let's do this." So, um, first of all, I have some technical questions. Okay. I want you to, t- to explain what it is that you do. So, you you're, you work in the movie industry. Um, why don't you first start by kind of walking through what it is your your specialty is and, and what you do on a day to day basis on a movie set? Yeah. So, um, I work as a lighting technician. Uh, and then gaffer, but um, I guess it would make sense to break it down kind of how it works. So when you see movie credits, you have directors, producers, writers, and then one of the main big credits is director of photography, cinematographer. And so under him, um, he's in charge of the look, the lighting, the camera. Um, So under him are three departments, um, camera, uh, grip, and electric. And so I've been primarily in the electric department. So um, we set the lights and then the grips, Shape the lights, I guess, is the simplest way of describing it. So there's some movie lingo you're throwing. What is a grip? What's a grip? I want to know what a gaffer is. I want to know what a best boy is. Yeah. Um, sorry. It's, it's <laughs> Yeah. Um, so a gaffer is in charge of the electrical department. So they set the lights. They run the power for, um, for cameras, for lights, for all that kind of stuff. So the gaffer is in charge of that or chief lighting technician as people like to say. And Do you know then, how gaffer became a thing? How did they, someone become known as a gaffer as opposed to a chief lighting technician? you um, think they would prefer that. <laughs> it's, people don't really know. They think it's maybe tied to like sailors. Like there was a gaffer in the... I don't know how it's tied to sailing though, but that's <laughs> the only explanation I've had. So okay. gaffer. But chief lighting technician um, is something more like, I don't know, professional. I don't know. People like to... I'm a chief lighting technician, so okay. I don't know. But gaffers, yeah, usually what you see in the credits. Okay. So um, we turn the lights. So the cinematographer tells us where to put the lights. The gaffer has um, input in that as well. Like it, it's, They talk about it. And then we turn the lights on, plug them in. There's a lot of electricity, generators, cable power. Um, and so I know a little bit about electricity, but I couldn't wire your house kind of right. idea. <laughs> and then the grips, they, um, they shape the light. So um, they'll either flag it off or put things in the way, like shape, you know, um, bounces, like just whatever you can make to make the light look beautiful. So okay. they do a lot um, of that work. So and then they also do the, the dollies or the, the moving. I'm trying to simplify this. Um, they move the camera around. So okay. they have dollies and cranes and all those kind of things. And that's their department as well. So it's a synergy of us working together to kind of collaborate to, to light a movie. So. And what about the best boy? The best boys, yeah. So he's second in command to the gaffer. So the key grip is in charge of the grip department. He has a best boy, and then the gaffer has a best boy. I did that for a little bit, but I realized it's mostly it's paperwork. So you do time cards. Got um, you've got to keep track of all the gear. You have a 10-ton truck or a 54-foot trailer full of equipment. you got to make sure nothing is lost. Uh, so production doesn't charge you for, you know, L&D. And so it's it's a very, uh, it's not my skill set. I want to be on set. So the best boy is cross-departmental. It, each no, he's have... just in that department. So there's okay. one best boy um, for li- for the electric and one for grip. So. Got it. Do you know uh, where that that job title came from? Because that's the worst job title ever. <laughs> <laughs> best boy? I don't know. Well, yeah, and then best girl sometimes will say, I don't <laughs> 
Yeah, you just kind of stumble in this. You're like, this is the way it is, and okay. I never questioned it. Um, that is a good trivia question. Um, yeah, I wish I had an answer. <laughs> Could have, should have came prepared. <laughs> Even Robert Downey Jr. made fun of that in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, yeah. During, during the final credits. Like, I know you're, you're staying for the credits. The best boy it was the director's nephew, okay? Like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of nepotism. Right. But in uh, Tropic Thunder with Tom Cruise, too, he's like, where's the key grip? And then he's the guy that ended up punching him. But <laughs> it's the big, burly guy. That's a great movie. Um, I don't know if that answered the question. No, it did. I've always wondered what those what those yeah. so now when you titles read the were. Credits now I can know. Hundred people. It's like the grip and the gaffer and their best and their best boys. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I found as I've learned this, getting to know John, it, is that I'm much more interested now in watching credits and looking at the titles and and half of it's because I like to look for his name, but yeah. the other half is like, okay, well, no, that's funny. I actually heard people. We went and saw Spider Man this past yeah. over the holiday, and uh, you have to stay for the end credits in a Marvel movie, of course. Yeah. And the the people in front of us were arguing. Well, that says FX, and that says SFX, and then what does that mean? Well, that's sound effects. Well, well, why doesn't it say sound effects? Well, right there it says sound effects. And like, <laughs> we can't keep it all straight. Yeah. Well, I should say I just I just did Google Best Boy, and it, it's all that is a ceiling term it came from oh, the, so maybe. the person on the ship who appears to be most ready to be the apprentice the master's apprentice okay Therefore, yeah he's the best boy interesting and working your way up to be a gaffer usually went through best boy it's not as much that way anymore but it used to be you okay. you're a electrician or lighting technician and then best boy and then gaffer so how does one get into the, the gaffing industry the, the gaffing gig um, you, yeah, you work your way up from the bottom. So you got to get on a film set as an electrician or lighting technician. Um, and so in that department, there's anywhere from two to 10 guys like Spider-Man probably had like six to eight full-time, um, electricians under the gaffer. And then there's a rigging crew. There's a whole bunch of other things. Um, but yeah, you just work in that, um, for as long, like you just learn the trade and the craft and the lights and the tools, um, and all the equipment. And then, um, you start moving up and then you get used to it. And then uh, many times you'll get second unit um, where it's like, or insert unit or different things. And then people start trusting you with more. And then, yeah, you just. So did you want to work in movies? Um, I, I wanted to. So I grew up in an artistic family. Um, my dad did advertising. Um, he was a painter. Uh, he was doing it before computers. And so um, being around that, I think, was very influential. Um I remember having a Nikon still camera when I was in high school taking photos and it started to click that like your point of view is like what you show um, people and it's like through the lens and the camera. So um, yeah, I think like all of us movies were very influential at a very young age. And um, once I started to realize that people were behind it and making it and mm -hmm. had a say in what was happening, I was like, that is really interesting. Um, so yeah, I, uh, um, probably around high school, I started to think about it. Like, oh, maybe this could be a crazy. It, it just seems so fantastical. Um, but um, yeah, it it happened, I guess. <laughs> so um, I don't know when the switch happened, I guess. But so yeah. right now you live in Atlanta with yeah. your family, and you're, that's where you're working. So what is why Atlanta? Why is that? Well, they make um, a lot of movies there. Yeah. So that uh, besides, I mean, most of these cities, um, it's based on um, a tax incentive. So. People will film in Georgia. They get a 30% tax break uh, or it's it's different every state. But like in Louisiana, it was like sellable tax credits from my understanding. Um, so they pick and choose. Uh, so anyway, it's it's a very beneficial for them to film there. Um, L.A. has some benefits, but it's so expensive to film there. So, um, yeah, when Michigan died up, I uh, had some friends and some L.A. connections uh, that were working in Louisiana. It was booming. Um, and so I'm like. I didn't know anybody in Georgia, so I actually considered going there first. So um, I'm like, all right, where do we go? Um, I'm like, I want to do this job, and so this is where the work is. So we were in Louisiana almost five years, and then it started to slow down. And like, we want to raise a family, uh, but not 17 hours away from Michigan and and Nick and uh, all our family. So <laughs> like Georgia, um, yeah, the schools aren't great in New Orleans. <laughs> so yeah. um, uh, Atlanta seemed very appealing, and then Marvel was starting to boom there. Okay. Uh, so then. Yeah, that's that's kind of where we settled, and it's it's been really busy. Um, the 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 um, states kind of prioritize the film incentive, but there's so many other things going for it that they can you know spending hundreds of millions of dollars on incentives works for them. Um, Did you do stuff here in Michigan when the incentive? Yeah, were here? that's okay. where I started, and I was fortunate to come up when there was films here. Right. Uh, my first union job was in Grand Rapids, which is okay. doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> so. well, I saw you had a TV credit for that Detroit series, wasn't that? Detroit was that? Yeah, was so that? That was one of the first things that kind of um, 
I was kind of lower on the totem pole because I was starting in Grand Rapids, so there was other people with bigger resumes. So I'm like, well, I'll go to Detroit. There's more jobs. And so that was happening there. And so I started working on that. Um, got kind of fired, demoted um, because I was I was young and figuring it out. I think I was <laughs> 21, 20. I was late a couple times. And then, um, but then, yeah, I just kept trying for it. So <laughs> stuff you do as you're growing up, I guess. So um, yeah, that was one of the big jobs I had there. Um, so how much time goes of you're you're on a set you're getting stuff ready how much time goes into setting up the the lighting electricity for a typical uh, a shoot or a scene or whatever that they want to do what, like how much effort goes into filming that minute or two minutes um <laughs> uh well so the script i guess the best way of explaining it is um a 120 page script uh is broken down into minutes so um Tech, they see it as 120 pages, 120 minutes. So um, on smaller movies, you're shooting a higher page count because they can't afford to shoot for 60 days or whatever it is. So um, the last job I gaffed, it was a 25-day shoot, and we were shooting five to six pages a day, so five to six minutes, um, which is a lot um, for a day. Um, so you're shooting uh, several scenes a day. Um, so you break in a 12, 15-hour day up into that many um how many hours it takes to shoot five pages so um but on avengers they'll take you know um a couple days to shoot a minute so it's like it's different um depending on what you're doing if it's a drama you know you're just shooting people talking around a table they can shoot that in a couple hours um or you could take two days to do it depending on what you can afford and uh how much time you have in your budget and a lot of things so I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's there's no. Uh, so it depends. <laughs> yes, it depends. Um, we shot a bunch of table scenes in this last movie with like tons of dialogue in like half a day. And then I think on Shazam, they did a, a it was like a two day table scene, five pages. It took two days, but they had the wow. time to do it. So hmm. um, and yeah. they those minutes and those filming days aren't necessarily sequential in the movie. Right. They could be. Oh, you, no. You, yeah. They could be all over the place in that yeah. movie. Do you have any sense? What, I mean, you know what the script is. Do, do you read the script? Do you, do you have any sense of what the story is of the movie you're doing when you're doing the job? Um, as as a gaffer, you get to read the script, but rarely as a, um, a lighting technician, you um, you get you just kind of show so up. Like, like you just turn on the lights. lights. lights <laughs> yeah. So, um, like one example of that was um, Logan. Actually, we were making it, and we're like, we knew it was an X Men movie, um, kind of, but it was. I mean shot like a western we're like i don't like professor x is crazy like i don't know what's going on is this gonna even work and then it came out we're like this is amazing so it's like i didn't get to read the script for that one um and usually don't unless you're in a department head okay so um yeah i don't know but it is kind of a mystery to see what this is gonna look like when it's all done but you start to figure it out pretty quick like this is the dial like you can hear the dialogue sometimes you're like oh this is not gonna be great and sometimes it isn't sometimes it is and Sometimes it's trash. <laughs> are, are the Marvel movies <laughs> held more close to the vest? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, the, the more they do, um, the last few years, they don't even send out... Uh, I don't know how to get... Um, so every day we get a call sheet, they call it, um, that tells us what time to show up, what scenes we're filming. On the back, it has all our times because they're different depending on if you have pre-calls. And that shows you directions. It shows you special equipment, like effects, smoke, and different things. So it's kind of our plan for the day. Um but Marvel, they wouldn't even send those out. Um, so they'd, they'd show up ready to work. Yeah. It's yeah. like department heads would know what's going on. And then they, I mean, there's so much they're trying to keep a secret. Yeah. So yeah. they can't do that. They so. do a good job of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked. I, th- I, apparently the actor said on Avengers, they had like a reading room with like camera and they got to read the script and then they had to leave. And they can, <laughs> so I think, but I mean, they're dealing with so many different things. With yeah. Their stuff. Um, so. They all have code names when you're making them and different things like that. It's kind of so. You, do you don't do you know the name of the movie necessarily? I mean, is, that, um, is that what you no, mean? Code not, name? I mean, that's the, the Spider-Man. Uh, oh, um, I guess the last three. It's been the same director. He's used uh, Seinfeld titles. Okay. No kidding. Um, yeah. So he's a big Seinfeld fan. Um, I forgot what the last couple were. Um, like si- like episode like like characters or oh, names of episodes. The new. I actually. I was going to work on the recent Spider-Man movie, but oh, it's a long story. Um, but that was called Serenity Now, <laughs> uh, which is pretty funny uh, with like, what happened in it. So, so yeah. Um, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. But. So what movie has been your, your favorite? Has there been an experience? Do you get, does it, in, in the perspective of where you're doing your job, is it, 
are you able to get a sense of kind of what the the bigness is of this movie or the the blockbusterness of it or is it is it um or is it all just kind of the same yeah i mean some i mean <laughs> you're around it, it there's parts of it where you get a little jaded you're like it's a job and so you just show up and you're like i get paid. It, but i i feel very blessed i'm like it's it's just weird i get paid to set lights for a living to make entertainment <laughs> like we must live in a great culture that we can make inter- to get paid to make entertainment which is pretty funny um but yeah sometimes like obviously on avengers you're like this thing is massive i was only doing second unit so we um we filmed only small portions of like so it says avengers second unit but we were there on and off for probably four to five months out of the year and a half they filmed so like people get credits and you're like you don't know the extent of what they worked on it, but um, it was just being a part of that was, was awesome. So you, it's massive. Um, but yeah, it's hard to tell like so much of now with visual effects. Um, like um, I did Shazam this summer, Shazam two. And it, it's like a lot of blue screen. you know, like mm-hmm. when they put it all together and the music and the sound and um, it all just, you know, it is, becomes something different. So is that with the rock? Uh, no, he he filmed that simultaneously in Atlanta. Um, okay. He's doing uh, Black Adam. Black Adam, right, um, right. So yeah, I was going to ask about the special effects because a lot of it is is computer is computerized and generated computer generated, yeah. isn't it? I mean, and yeah, yeah, they try to um, do as much as they can in camera. Um, it was weird witnessing that on um, Oz the Great and Powerful um, was you know a fantastical movie, um, but they uh, so. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, you remember the Johnny Depp movie? Yeah. Um, it was they end up doing that all visual effects. Like it's there's no real sets. It's just actors and everything. So they figured out on Oz that it was cheaper for them to build these massive sets and visual effects half of it than it would be to do everything. Wow. So um, for them, the they built like it was insane to see. Like we we'd be on a stage. They built this set for a month, and it was this gold room and painters and all these things, construction workers. You know, it's thirty feet tall, and and then they shoot it for two days, and then just demo it, and you're like, what? what the, like, what just wow. happened? Yeah. Um, but that's just what they needed for those couple scenes. There's not a massive there. back lot somewhere in Atlanta where they store all the all the stuff. Oh, uh, they. I mean, they, there is some of that where they'll take stuff down, and then, um, they do that a, quite a bit because they'll have reshoots, and yeah. they got to add things later. So sometimes, but I think certain sets they just kind of. I saw a pile of these sets, like they just smashed over. So, um. But yeah, they do save a lot of that stuff too. Has, in case they come back for more. Has the process of making these things changed the way? I, I my guess is it really has, but changed the way that you watch movies. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's ruined obviously ruined it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like Julie gets my wife gets annoyed when I watch movies like ooh ah like that's pretty lighting and you know I'll, I'll watch <laughs> bad movies for good lighting um, sometimes. So, um, but I think. I mean, the more even you're exposed to it now, it's like you start to see through a lot of it. But if it's a good story and a good script, like you, I still forget what I'm, you know, you're watching a movie. And so uh, I saw American Underdog um, and some friends of mine worked on it. And so I was like watching the lighting, but it's a good story. You just forget, you know, it's and that's what's beautiful. I think about movies. It's like it just takes you somewhere and then, you know, you forget about life and just teaches you something and you learn. So, yeah. Uh, you know, a bad movie, obviously all of us and just you're like, oh, I'm watching something really bad. So are you always looking at the lighting? Yeah, it's, it's a bad habit, but, um, how could you not though? Yeah. It's like, it's what I, you do and watching movies is kind of a tax write off too for me. It's education <laughs> actually. <laughs> so there's some benefit there. Go see them yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. So Netflix subscriptions and stuff. So, um, are there movie awards for? I mean, I know there's there are awards for like cinematography and, and like the, those kinds of things, but do they get down to the level of lighting? And no, that, no, no, it's the cinematographer. Okay. Um, he gets a, all the he gets all the credit. They should do all. like the Stanley Cup. Like if the cinematographer wins the Oscar, like everybody that worked under the cinematographer should get a day with the Oscar. <laughs> yeah. So you could like Pass beer around. out of it. Yeah. You could, yeah. yeah, you could throw it from one boat to that. another. Like yeah, you could, like, you'd be. I mean, I th- I've I've heard gaffers complain like. Uh, I worked with a gaffer who did Moulin Rouge and like he did a lot of the lighting on that for months and he's like yeah he got the award and he didn't say thank you at all (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know um I think they're you're just happy enough to keep working and doing it and you know you're like it's fun to be a part of something so um yeah you know I don't know we're just a cog in the machine (laughs) of all the behind the scenes production jobs that that are like standard that exist on all movie sets what's the worst one what's the one that you would not 
want to have anything to do with. Oh, the, the job? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, oh, there's a bunch. <laughs> but I'm biased, too. Um, I mean, locations is a rough job. Like, there's a department that comes in. They have to get permits for the locations. They have to get... Um, like, can we park in your front yard with these vehicles or can we shoot here? And so, and they work crazy hours, like more than us even. So they're coming in before, making things ready. They clean like actors trailers and um, they do a lot, but it's, I mean, there's people who enjoy it. So it's okay. like, I don't know. Um, like I would never want to be a grip, um, but I appreciate what they do and everything. But um, is there a hierarchy, a hierarchy of at least of status amongst the, the crew? Like, Oh, those are sound people. Don't talk. <laughs> I mean, to there's sound always people. that that of like you know just the jokes about the sound department or oh, was it sound? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, who's who's the who's the, the the ugly stepchild of the? Is there a department that's? I think everybody all thinks the... the other department is. So it's like <laughs> we all everybody thinks they have the best department. So um, we're always bugged by hair and makeup because they just put their chairs down right in the middle of set, and you're like, I need to put a light there, and please move out of the way. And, they just come in with their makeup bags and it's like they get paid a lot more than we do. And you know, so, so yeah. I don't know. You always, there's always that, but I think that's just part of, I've always been fascinated because we work, we work with, a, you know, some, some video firms and, and render studios here in town is when we work with a lot. And I'm always, I always love that when they're getting the scene ready and granted, we're not doing movies. So we're doing yeah. you know, 30 second, 60 sp- second uh, yeah. spots, but it feels like everything's set. And then like, there are just a couple people who are just, just moving stuff around and then they, yeah. they'll say, are we ready? Not yet. Are we ready? Not yet. We're adjusting this. We're adjusting this. Are we ready? Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to like, what are, what are they doing? Like, what little? It takes so long just for that tiny little thing. Imagine how long it would take for an actual yeah, movie. Like, yeah. And moving one thing like, a couple inches are in the. Let me go get this from the truck. I'll be right back. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's, <laughs> clearly, something is going to make a big difference in how yeah. this all looks. Mm-hmm. But it all it all comes together. It, well, what was your very first thing? Like, how did you start? What was your first? Did you go to school to study anything that's related to this, or how did you? first land in this and what was your job um so i uh there's a film school in grand rapids um called compass film academy um they weren't accredited at the time like they had they offered film classes i think they were partnering partnering with cornerstone um but i uh i went there for like i had a filmmaking 101 or something like that and so and then i started to meet some local filmmakers um who loved lighting and stuff like that so when i first started i'm like i want to be a director and writer like probably everybody they're like yeah it's great and then you start writing and you're like i can't write a script and i don't want to direct so thankfully i figured it out pretty quick you know kind of narrowed it down um but then uh yeah it was just small projects with friends we did um these things called uh light clubs which is so silly but um we just thought of this cool looking scene and we like oh what would you know would be fun to light and we just kind of messed around with some stuff and got just good looking people in and just tried to make it look cool. So, um, but then it started to turn into real work and paid work. Like the first job was a hundred dollars a day and you know, it's non-union and then you start working your way up. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if there was like one thing that was the first, but, um, the first, I think union feature in Grand Rapids was uh, Genesis code, which no one's ever seen. It's I, I, the, the, with Michael Bean. <laughs> no one's ever seen except for Nick. Michael Bean. Yeah. <laughs> A different Genesis code. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. Maybe uh, I'm thinking of the Omega code. No. Yeah. It wasn't. Michael Bean wasn't in it. Um. Um. Oh, who's that politician that Julie? Um. Oh, Fred Thompson. He was in it. Yes. Yeah. But no one's ever. It's no. Same, I haven't but, seen it. But. You know. So speaking of the actors, how much interaction do you ever have with these stars? And are they all jerks or are they nice or do you, are they? You can do, rehabilitate Tom Cruise today. Like, do they talk to you guys? Do they interact with you guys? Or what, what's, how's that all work? It's, it's not as much as people think. I mean, Nick's been trying to get Tom Cruise's. What are you no, trying to get uh, from Tom uh, Cruise? No, Casey's wanted Tom Cruise's autograph. That's, yeah, I, I don't care. I was like, that. I worked with him once. I'm like, <laughs> I can't really, uh, it's not professional for me to <laughs> walk up and give him your autograph. Um, uh not it's not very much i mean you're all kind of there to do just to do a job and so um like some it yeah it's it's really kind of frowned upon if you like talk to them or ask for autographs kind of thing um as a department head you have a little more leeway because you're you're there really closely lighting them and um like when i was doing woodlawn i asked for um uh samwise what's his name uh from lord of the rings um samwise brave what's aston Sean Aston for his autograph for oh, yeah. um, my brother-in-law, because um, they're all Rudy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I asked for his for it was, a, it was a Christmas gift for Ben. 
Oh, um, okay. so he got he got he signed something, which Ben's um, one of my brothers. Yeah, so I mean, they're all Casey. it's a Lord yeah. of the Rings family. Um, yeah. So they uh, so that was like one of the few times I've kind of crossed the line. And he was cool about it. So, but there's really not. Well, he know, was a Hobbit. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Do you um, have any hilarious stories about anyone like flipping out, whether it be a producer or an actor? Like, and remember, I don't, I don't he, remember, he's a working. I don't even need to hear a name. <laughs> okay. I just want to know if there's any cool stories and if there's one. Like, um, yeah, without names, I would love to hear it still. <laughs> um, there was, I, there was an experience with a job where, um, oh man, people love this dirt. It's funny. Um, there was a time where an actor, Jesse Eisenberg, he actually stood up for a director cause an actress was being a diva and I was like blown away. Uh, just how, like, I just never, like he just, he stood up for the director and be like, he's our boss. You know, we're trying to figure this out. So that was, I mean, it doesn't happen as often as, as it seems like, um, on well, entertainment tonight or whatever. Right. Um, but, uh, he's, he's a really cool down to earth guy. Um, he came out like, this is on New Orleans. He came out like my boss had a crawfish boil, a gaffer I was working for, and he showed up with his mom and just hung out with <laughs> us. I'm like, but you know, they're not all that way. You know, it's, I understand what it is. Hugh Jackman was super cool. He'd get it. He'd give everybody, um, like dollar scratch off tickets on friday um, <laughs> it was his way of like interacting with each of the crew members and saying thank you and uh you know it didn't really cost him anything but it was like it was something little i was like man it's, it's really and he bought a coffee truck for us every friday or monday morning so it's like um was he wolverine yeah yeah I figures so. scratch and a million other things, things. Yeah. right <laughs> our, <laughs> nikki would roll her eyes at you so i'm gonna do it in her dad joke yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> Wow, um, <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> and you're a dad. It's, I know you're a young dad, funny. though. You're not an old not dad. Now. But um, no, it's they're all you know. It's uh yeah. There's there's I don't know. Everybody's just trying to make it and do a job, and <laughs> some people are more entitled than others. So. What's your What's your dream job in this world? Do you want to be like a director of cinematography or something, or or are you doing what you wanted? Like, um, I think. I think some someday that okay. would be great, but I've kind of realized in lighting, like I've the last few years I've been intentionally trying to gaff more and be a department head. I'm like, if I don't do this now, it's never going to happen. Um, and so I've been in trying to pick and choose jobs, um, turning down jobs um, where I'd be stuck full time as an electrician to try to gaff more. So um, I, but for me, I, right now I think gaffing, there's so much to learn for me from perspective that it's like I could, I think I'd be content doing this for a while. Um, and I think eventually if I get bored of it and be like, okay, I've kind of seen it all. Um, and then maybe I'd want to be a cinematographer, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. Every job's different. It's challenging. Um, you can go to one look, like you could shoot this office building and light it five different ways with 20 different instruments. Um, and, uh, so there's like, I don't know, it's, it's a very collaborative, fun, uh, art and I'm not, bored with it yet so i think maybe someday i'd want to move up but um yeah i'm pretty content pushing where i'm at now um but uh yeah I, i've always wanted you know you look at those dps cinematographers winning oscars like oh that'd be kind of cool someday but um yeah at that point i'm not there yet so am i right to assume that with all of the streaming services and the all the content that's being produced right now that there are more opportunities for folks in your jobs to work yeah. on work on movies and, and shows and positions that, you know, just because it just feels like they're probably we're making a lot more stuff than we've ever made. Oh before. yeah. With, I mean, Paramount has their own and CBI. Yeah. Like, I mean, Atlanta last year after the pandemic, I think everybody watched everything on the internet. Right. Um, last year was Atlanta's busiest year. They had, I think to date with the most content. And um, I think this year, I'm, I'm hearing this year is going to be just as busy, but I, th I think a lot of it is like you said, due to streaming. Um, I had friends who was doing like those TikTok mini videos, mm -hmm. like what they were actually well produced. Like, so it's like, it's pretty endless. And I think the possibility now too, like um, when I grew up, it was still like digital was still coming out. So it's like you, not a lot of people get their hands on a film camera. Uh, so now like people have iPhones and think they're directors. And so, like, <laughs> I mean, you can make YouTube. I mean, there's so many avenues now you don't have to work on movies. It's like TV shows, you know, content creation. Um, so yeah, I think it's possibilities endless. Do you work on, on multiple projects at one time or how does, how does your work schedule work? Do you kind of, you, you get a job, you get a movie, you, you work it till the end and then you go look for another one or, or how does, how does, 
how do you find your work? Um, I mean, this business is built on relationships. Um, I remember when I first started in Grand Rapids, I sent my resume to like 30 different movies. Like, hey, can you please hire me? And it's like, no one cares. <laughs> um, so it's pretty much based on people who you know and um, people. And so um, a lot of it's like I know best boys now and gaffers. And so um, if I'm not full time on a job, I will, they call it day play. So um, on a movie, they have... Um, the full-time crew, like five, you know, gaffer, best boy, five electricians. There's also a rigging crew, which is a whole different thing. Um, uh, and then they'll, as, as they shoot, there's several days where we'll have more guys. Um, so especially big night exteriors, we're shooting out in the street. We need an additional five guys because we got to send the lights down the block and just all these other things. So they'll add extra guys for a couple days a week. Um, and so a lot of people just, they day play full time. <laughs> like I'm three days on this job and two days on that job. So, um, between jobs, I'll just work, do that part time. And, um, so it's fun. You get to work on different film sets and come and go and not have to commit two months to a job. So, um, I don't know if that makes sense, but, no, it does. um, yeah, that's what keeps you busy. Um, and then now with COVID testing, you get paid to get tested and yeah, show up, get your nose. Oh. Has there yeah. been a film that or, or or show that you worked on that you're particularly proud of? Um, I think uh, I think Woodlawn turned out really good. Um, at least from the lighting side, I was really happy with what we did on that and what we were able to achieve, like achieve for lighting. And the story is pretty good too. Um, uh, but like Logan was really cool. Um, I think because uh, we shot I think two or three months in uh, New Orleans and then. I was fortunate enough to be taken to New Mexico for, I think it was five weeks. Um, and they only took a select few people there cause they were, had to hire locals, you know, for tax incentives and all that stuff. Um, but just being a part of that whole process. And then for me, I was kind of nerding out because the cinematographer on that, um, had shot gladiator and kingdom of heaven, which were very mm. influential movies for me mm -hmm. when I was really young. Uh, my film professor taught exclusively on gladiator with uh, her hero's journey and stuff. But like though I was like, um so yeah working with him and seeing how he did it like it's um there are no heroes in gladiator <laughs> <laughs> yes. so um My yeah there's there's been a few um uh for different reasons too like you do different things and um is it a supportive industry like is the the cinema, cinema cinematographer like the is that guy willing to mentor and give advice and or is he like i'm not going to tell you how to I do my thing Dep because. depends on who you're like i i sat down by that that cinematographer at lunch and asked him about gladiator and some of those scenes um That's and he was cool one, about yeah. it um but not not all you know depends on who you're working for do <laughs> do most of those cinematographers like climb through the lighting ladder or they're like little young like superstars that somehow skip the line like how does that work uh that's a really good question most most cinematographers go come through the camera department um, so there'll be a, a camera assistant and then AC and then they'll work their way up that way. It is recently, it's been, there's been a, a few people who've come through the lighting department. It's a lot slower process, uh, cause learning the lighting and the gapping mm -hmm. and then establishing yourself than someone taking a risk. And there's always this idea that, you know, a camera operator knows how to shoot a movie, but not, a, but you always, I mean, there's people, there's some cinematographers are more focused on camera and then they rely heavily on their gaffer to light it. So, um, but there's there's people that I've looked up to over my career, like that's someone I want to be or look like someday. Uh, David Fincher, he a lot of his cinematographers moved up through gaffer from, through, as a gaffer. So um, there is a there is a route for that. It's just very slow. Um, but a lot of people are content just gaffing, so they're like career gaffers and stuff like that. So. Do you is there a different approach to doing TV versus a movie? Um, yeah yeah tv tv sucks <laughs> TV's, <laughs> tv's a grind um i avoided tv most of my career um because i was like i just want to work on movies um and then i finally had an opportunity to work on a tv show and then i did it for a year and it, it was it was hard i mean it it's good i i see why people do it and uh, i'm not against it um but it, it it's it's a marathon um so like we did black lightning um season two and uh, I think that was five months, um, mostly nights. Um, and then with a TV, you're shooting with a, like a CW show like that. You're shooting um, an episode in eight days. So that's like five or six, you know, 45 minute page script, like very fast. There's a lot of stunts, a lot of second unit. And then as you can't prep the whole show, 
in the beginning. So most movies you'll prep in the beginning, you'll scout everything and plan it all out and then just do it. But um, you're kind of prepping the next job as you, the next episode as you go. So the gaffer's going ahead and scouting and then the best boy gaffs for him. And so it's, it's a, um, it's a marathon. Yeah, it's a lot, but um, depends on the show too. Like Netflix, they put a lot of money into their TV shows and, um, but those are a grind too. Um, so um, they've been doing a lot of Disney plus uh, Marvel TV shows in Atlanta. Um, and those have a lot of money. So it's, it's, there's, I don't know. It depends yeah. what you're doing. But. Is there a show out or a movie that's come out like in the past couple of years that you're like, man, I really wish I could have worked on that or- all the time. And that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. There's always something you want to, um, yeah, it's kind of a problem with the business too. It's like, Oh, I want to like, so I was prepping, I was, um, on Spider-Man loading, the, like prepping the gear. I was going to work the first, um, five weeks of it or start on it and then maybe day play. But then I got given an opportunity to gaff a movie in Oklahoma, um, last year. And so I quit that job to gaff this movie and then I'm getting COVID and I missed both of them. Um, but, uh, so, but for me at that point in my career, like I had always prioritized getting on the next big thing, but I'm like, if I need to move up and go somewhere, I need to start being intentional about taking opportunities so quitting that was hard and then i see it in theaters like oh i could have worked on that <laughs> but uh is that your biggest miss your biggest uh, i wish i would have bunt or i mean uh, the I, job you I actually down? wish i would have gaffed that movie in oklahoma i saw the trailer yeah. for that in theaters like oh it's, but it was a great script like it was this father-son story and like it was amazing so can you tell us what it is oh uh, unbreakable boy uh zachary levi it's coming out yeah. uh yeah plug for that movie it's it's an amazing i was like crying reading it oh. um the kid has this i think it's a true story too the kid has this disease where he's his bones are very fragile and so at a very they don't figure it out right away but very like he's always breaking his bones he has autism and so the dad's like it's it's a powerful story about a father trying to does zachary levi at the end find out that he has superpowers (laughs) yeah it's a crossover yeah he's also a football player (laughs) yeah so but there's always those but you get you get the next job and but um, but you're able to look through your your history like your imdb page and you're able to go this is pretty cool right i mean yeah. like i was going through with with asher and carter this morning i said you know uncle johnny's coming on the podcast oh it's great <laughs> and what's cool. he gonna talk about well his job oh oh what yeah. does he do he makes movies i mean they know that you're in you know in the industry yeah. they, what movies has he made so we just pulled up the page yeah. and they're like he was on that he did that he did that he did that like you know stars in their eyes yeah. <laughs> well and i can i can say that i have a 15 year old son and 14 year old son and a foreign exchange student so two teenage boys who are impressed with zero things in life at the moment <laughs> and at their age and when nick texted me and i said to both of them i said this is i said nick wants to have this guy on the podcast what do you think this is what he does and i showed him the thing and they go wow so I'm like, that's <laughs> that's as excited as yeah. they get so they, you got them it's like the it's the, but the it's so weird i still feel like Asher that young kid who's just trying to make it and figure it out like i i don't think it I don't know. I just like, I got to pay the next, you know, I have family now <laughs> trying to pay the bills. We're like, okay, just trying to work on, you know, uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I've been very blessed to be able to do what, you know, to kind of do what I love and to get paid to do it. Um, but yeah, I still feel like I'm just trying to make it and figure it out <laughs> and just keep working. What are you so, working on now? Um, nothing right now. Okay. I, I finished, well, I'm, I'm going to Colorado. Sorry. I'm going to Colorado for a week to there. There's a week of filming left on a movie, uh, producer, it's a small movie they're doing in Colorado. So doing that for a week. But we have a baby coming in February. So okay. um, I'm not trying to commit to anything full time. So well, congratulations but, on that. Thank you. Yeah. Do people come looking for you or do you have to do most of your own hunting? Um, as the the more you do it, the better right. yeah, the better it gets. Um, but people start to know too kind of your schedule. So mm-hmm. there was best boys who'd call me and then you keep turning them down and then uh, you're not available for them. So then they find other full time crew. Um, but uh, producers or dps yeah they, they start calling you um but you just have to keep being faithful with each job and you know you get the next job so um yeah so uh it's it gets easier but the more people you know too like i had a friend who moved to atlanta three years ago and he was like he was freaking out he's like i don't he he didn't have any really experience uh, he had done some theater stuff and he's like what am i gonna do i, I don't know how to do this and i'm like dude just wait you'll be turning down work and wanting a vacation in no time and then a year later he's like man i just need a break i'm so sick of working <laughs> i'm like told you um so and he's he's doing great he's working all the time so um 
How does it work? I have one other question. I feel like it would ask you. Like on a show like Succession, where they're going, like they probably shoot all over the place and they're like going across the country or across the Atlantic and they're in Europe for an episode. Mm. Is that like a completely different crew than when they're like in New York? Um, with things like that, yeah, the usually the department heads, so um, maybe not even the gaffer, but the the people making a lot of the creative decisions, like the cinematographer, the producers, the the writers, directors, mm-hmm. and all those will travel with it, um, and then they'll keep that consistent. Um, but then, yeah, they have to usually hire okay. uh, locals where they go. Like, you know, Game of Thrones filmed all over the right. world. So, But they have to have different crews in different cities doing that. And you also can't have the same crew... Because when you get there, it needs to be pretty much ready to start right, going. Okay. So you have crews prepping things and stuff like that. And there's a lot of logistics too, of or laws of uh, when they filmed Avengers in England, they they had they struggled to bring in people. They're like, we have qualified people in these positions. Why are you bringing someone in? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's kind of depending on the city. Uh, I was gonna do a commercial in Nashville this month, but then they're like, we have local gaffer we want to hire. So I'm like, okay. What's the um, coolest location you've shot in? Uh, or, have you, or have you not had to travel much because you <laughs> a blue they, screen? No, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think New Mexico is really cool. I think because because it was like a traveling movie. I keep going back to Logan, which is funny. Um, uh, we got to see we were in Albuquerque and then we went to Santa Fe and then we went to like the border of um because we were kind of traveling all around. So we got to see the whole state. Um, I don't know. Like it's been uh like the swamps in Louisiana was kind of cool and then they built um part of the oil rig for Deepwater horizon like just seeing that massive set you know so it's it's still like you get on set you're like oh this is you know it's it's pretty cool um yeah so. well hopefully you can you can add a, a visit to the cold oatmeal podcast on your list of i love it cool locations <laughs> yeah, that Lansing, you've done michigan it. number Lansing, one michigan, place beautiful place <laughs> lovely yeah. <laughs> well, John, I appreciate you coming by on your yeah, you get ready to head, to head back out of town. Um, congratulations on the, the new baby, the coming baby. Thank you. And I uh, appreciate you stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. This, this is something I've, I've never done. Something yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you meant to say something I've always wanted to do. <laughs> I, I was, uh, yeah, I, I told Nick, I'm like, I, I, I don't want, I'm like, I'll do it for you. I'm just like, <laughs> speaking in front of people. I was like, this is not my thing. There's a reason I'm behind the camera. Um, but, you know, thank you guys. This is great. Cool. Well, thank you. We'll be right back. Well, that was fun. Fascinating to, <laughs> to to learn about what goes on behind the scenes of the movies. Yeah. Did you know any of that stuff, Carly? None of it. None of it? None of it. Okay. Yeah, I've always wondered what those terms, best boy, gaffer, all that stuff is. Thanks. I am getting lots of nods. Yeah, me too. Nods I also agreement. wonder. Thank you, everyone, for your support. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. in. I wasn't able to be there for the actual podcast, I well, so I still don't know what Best Boy is. You'll have to listen in. You'll have to listen in. I, yes, a, or I maybe I'll Google it. It's a it's a <laughs> nautical it's a nautical term. You you will learn that it was it came from shipping. The Best Boy was the the young lad on the ship who showed the most potential. And oh. being the cat, the next kind of captain. So he was like the captain's assistant. So is that like the gaffer's assistant? No. Oh, just listen. My bad, Nikki. Just listen. You'll <laughs> find out. Gaffers are very different. I'm gonna stop guessing. Guess so. Anyway, yeah, it was good to have Jonathan in your fascinating stuff to listen to. Anybody seen a movie lately? I mean, we're we're here talking about movies. Did you go to the movies? No, I haven't been to the movies in years. Really? Yeah, I have HBO Max, so you get the movies first there. <laughs> Yeah, and watch it you at home. To bother with the people. That's the way to do yes, it. that's how I like to live my life. I was I went to a movie this weekend, and what was fascinating to me is that the whole COVID movie situation. You go and you don't. You go up. You get your tickets at the concession stand, and you can pick your seats, mm-hmm. which I don't ever remember picking my seats. This goes to show how long it's been since I've been to a movie. But you can pick your seats. So we picked our seats. Where did you go? Yeah, that's not new. NCG. It's a big city thing. That's new for NCG. That's a big thing. But it's not new for Studio C, but it would like be that. new. For I think Celebration had definitely had that like pre-COVID. Really? Yeah. It's basically as soon as the um, place upgrades the seats. Yeah. And you have like the nice. That's when it comes. Recliner. Did you get one of those seats? I did get a nice recliner. Yeah. I did. Oh. And it's heated. Ooh. Was yours heated? What? It wasn't. I didn't need it to be heated. It was. It was. It was warm enough in there. 
I need to go to the movies again. Anyway, but we picked our three seats, and I was looking at the at the theater, and there was not a lot of people. I mean, we went to see West Side Story, and I think like seven people in the country have actually seen that movie. So it was not a very the theater was was pretty empty. And about ten minutes in, five kids decided to sit down like right surrounding me. Like the entire theater was Ew. empty, and they sat down all around me, and then proceeded to throw popcorn at each other. But I think the thing <laughs> that I found so funny is that they religiously wore a mask throughout the entire movie. They talked and they threw popcorn for two and a half hours, but wore a mask. Could you have moved? Well, I was kind of locked in with my my family was to my right and these kids were to my left. So I guess I could have gotten up and moved, but this is why you just do this at home. Like you do. Yeah. So do you think they didn't eat the popcorn because of the masks? So well, they I don't just know how they to throw it around. It was just bouncing off their face. Like they would yeah. throw it and it would just bounce <laughs> off the mask and fall on the floor. <laughs> I just found it all so funny. Like you're going to follow this rule. No one's fo- no kids are following this rule and yet you're going to sit here and wear your mask and then throw popcorn and ruin my movie. Why don't you throw popcorn back at them? Why don't you tell them to shut up? I could have done all these things. I'm 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 very averse to confrontation. I know you just like complain about it I later like, to like us to on the podcast. I like to complain. Do you fantasize about like beating the crap out of them later? Yeah, no, the thing is, popcorn like, on them because that's what I would do. I ended up feeling bad a little bit because we got done and then the lights come on and they all just like norm- looked like normal kids. They weren't me. They didn't look like. I mean, they were in a really boring. They looked movie, like hooligans. So I, I don't know why they were there in the first place. Why did they pick of all movies? To go see West Side Story. I don't because like maybe they snuck it. The kid next to me, I think that was a part of it because they were in and out a lot at the beginning. The kid next to me was on his phone the entire time. You should have shined your phone flashlight on them. <laughs> Just turned to the side and been yeah. like, like Shh. do your scariest dad voice. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's one woman in the front whose phone rang four times. And she, rather than just turning it off, she got up and answered it and walked out oh, no. <laughs> each time. So there was that. Yeah, movies stink. I I haven't been to movies in a long time, and it's probably gonna be a while until yeah. I get back. The lighting was delightful, though. The lighting was amazing. And I did, after hearing Jonathan talk about it, I was like, you know what? Nice lights. Now you notice it. Now I notice the lights. Yeah. I would have thought a gaffer is a person who carries the big fuzzy like mm-hmm. microphone thing. That would have been my guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's the sound guys. Those are the sound guys. The gaffers are about lighting. It's, it's They do the lighting. But again, Anna, when you listen to the podcast, you'll know. I can't wait. You'll know that, too. Anyway. Well, Nick will be sorry that he couldn't be here to to wrap up our conversation about his brother-in-law and the movie industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but we power through, and <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap up this one until we talk to you again next time. Uh, for Nikki and Anna, Carly, Joe, and Matt, and we had Nick was here for a bit. Stephanie, Laura, this has been Matt, and you've been listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>